brethren. We, we talk about faith. We're standing in, in the Word of the Lord. And, when the, and you know, I know we, we talk about the written Word, and, and I don't want to detract from the written Word because the written Word should back up what we stand in. But if God says something to you, stand in. Don't, don't for anyone, because probably as soon as God says something to you, somebody's going to come to you and tell you something opposite. I don't know if you've ever noticed how that works, but it almost happens immediately that you'll receive something of the Lord and something will come at you that is almost opposite. And what you have to do is stand in what God is saying. You really do. You have to come to stand there. Because if you don't stand there, folks, it's just, just the way it is. You have to stand. You have to stand in the Word of the Lord. Stand in what God's given you. Last week I I was reading in the book of Psalms and we've been dealing with seeing for some time and and I'm seeing, uh, speaking of seeing, I'm seeing some things I've never seen in this Word. And when you do that, and it's always this way with the Lord, when you begin to see things you, you haven't seen, and maybe the Lord will make them clearer that I can share them with you, you, you I know I do anyway, sometimes I hesitate. I hesitate at times maybe because I haven't heard someone else say it. I uh, was sharing uh, some things one time that, uh, not to get on this subject, but in Matthew 24, back when I was sharing out of Matthew 24, I shared some things of the sign of His coming, and I related it to the, the filling of the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. And I really hadn't heard anybody share that. And afterwards, I picked up some CDs from Brother Stanley. I was at his house, and I grabbed some CDs of Brother Len Hiles. And they were older, and I hadn't heard them before I ministered this. But I'm kind of standing out there thinking, I don't know too many people, or I, I, I don't know if I knew any, anyone that necessarily believed what I had shared. And, you, and you're kind of standing out there on a, you feel like on a ledge or on a limb, but you believe God has shown something to you, so you're, you're standing there, and lo and behold, I put in this one CD brother house, and starts ministering, and, and uh, somewhere through it, he says almost exactly what I said. And I said, well, I'm not the only one standing out here on this limb. You know, I don't know what I said. I think I'm saying it right now. I, I'm not the only one out here on this limb anymore. See, God, like those families, says, God will bring forth a confirmation of what He's showing you. He'll confirm His Word. If he does confirm his word, then maybe it's not the law. See, see, maybe that's not God. Because God will bring confirmation in his word. And and you and you need it. I need it. We all need it. We 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 need the Lord to bring forth his word and confirm it in us. Well, in 
Psalm 51, and we've been talking about the, the Son of Man and, see, and seeing, we've been talking about the heavenly realm for a long time, but just, just to get our minds focused, in Psalm 51, verse 5, David said, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden part you will make me know wisdom. And we've been dealing with the hidden man of the heart for the last couple weeks. And just to catch, because there's some people here that haven't been here the last couple weeks, and I won't go through everything I said, but I'm going to catch up a little bit of this. And, I, and I'm going to say to you, if you, you, you know, I, I don't advertise my CDs or what I say that often, but I'm going to say to you, if you would, Go to Brother Stanley in the last two weeks. Get the last two weeks and listen to them in order. I think last week was probably much more profound than the week before, but nonetheless, take them both. And not just listen to what I said. Take the Scripture. Take the Scripture. See, see Paul, uh, who was it was in the Bereans, right? Paul basically exemplified the Berean church because they took what he said and searched it to see if it's true. See, we've, we've, we've come to church, what we get called going to church, and, and even in deeper life teaching, what we're, we call ourselves uh, in Christ, deeper life, whatever you want to call us. Even in deeper life teaching, a lot of times we listen to Brother Stanley, Brother Wayne, Brother Bob, whoever speaks. And I ask you, do you search it? Do you give yourself time to search the Word? Seriously. Do you? Because Sister Faye was talking about some ministries and a certain person that listened to ministries and about something like, boy, they preach good, and it brought to my mind, I didn't say this we come down the road because I've said it many times, but it brought to my mind, and I, and I wanted to say it to her, how that my grandmother would say of uh, certain people, boy, he was anointed, or wow, he was anointed. <laughs> And, and the, the fact that he was anointed was he was wild or he was emotional. And, I, and I'm loud and emotional. And Brother Stanley, you know, I'm just as loud and emotional as I, I am. But that doesn't make one more anointed in the Lord than the other. But, but the idea in the Pentecostal church was, was how loud we were, how fast we could talk, how hard we could say and there was a mindset that that boy we were anointed, and and Faye said it without me saying it. What did they 
and she didn't use these words, but she pretty much said this. Correct me if I'm wrong. What did you really receive? Was there anything there you really received that it, that they said? Because we can go to church. What we we call going to church, but if I don't receive anything that the minister said, what did it just profit me? Did it profit me at all? It may have made me feel better because of my association with going to a building I call the church. But did I gain anything of the Lord? So, so I, I, I kind of said this, not these words last week, but I kind of said that if we don't gain anything, and if we don't come to gain, then why even go? If I, if I don't come to gain something of the Lord, then why do I even go? Our gathering should be based upon that. There should be an expectation in the gathering that there's going to be an impartation of the Lord. That God is going to impart something in our gathering that's going to build me up. Yeah, I said me. Build me up in the Lord. There really should be that expectation. That I'm coming for God to build me up in the law. And if and if the minister ministers, I don't see it or I don't believe it, I should search it. I should look at it. I should ask the Lord to show me. Reveal your word, Father. Show me your word. So so we, we we set this forth that God desired truth. Who desired truth in the inner man? That's his desire, that there be truth in you. So so if you see that that's his desire, you know he wants it. So so you could you could agree with him that Lord, you could even come to him and say, Father, I see by your word that you want truth in me. I, I'm reading it in the book of Psalms, and I could come to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, I read this. You desire truth in my innermost being. And in the hidden part, you will make me know wisdom. So, Father, I come to you that this truth you desire be made known to me that I walk in. Because we, we, we say that what you, you know, what is man, again another another scripture, common scripture, what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visit him? And you can lay these two scriptures down. Why are you mindful of man and why do you visit him? To get truth in him. That that the hidden part will know wisdom. So, so the Lord has me focused upon the hidden man of the heart. That you are more than a flesh and blood body. Because there are reality of us 
is mostly toward our flesh and blood body. It really is. Somebody says, how do you feel? Well, you associate how you feel based on your what? Flesh and blood body, right? No. You, most of the time. So our association of our mind, the inner part, is to our body most of the time. And what God wants to do to us, if we can hear it, is transform us. That our association be to His body. For Paul says, now you are what? The body of Christ. That's a different association. That's a different identity. It's a new man. Right? So 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 now the truth of me and you through the work of the Lord Jesus is now you are the body of Christ. That's the truth. Through his work. If, in fact, you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, Paul says, so walk where? Get in Him. So somewhere there has to become a separation in my heart. For myself. To Him. Or from my body, my physical... There has to become an awareness. It's like it's like Faye said in the song, and and the song really pierced me because I've tried to put that in words so many times. There's an awareness of the Lord in me so often that I want to say to people, I'm aware of Him right now. You don't you don't get what I'm saying. I'm aware of the Lord. He's made me aware of His presence. Now that I that I'm aware of him, and you're speaking of him like he's not here, and yet I'm standing here aware that he is. And and I and I wanted to verbalize that so often in a way that it could be heard and understood. That that man, I'm aware of God. He's saying, you know, I'm not telling you 24 hours a day. I, I wish. But in much of my living, I'm aware of the Lord. I wish in all of it. I pray in all of it. And and I and I've really wanted to establish that with people when I'm talking about the presence of the Lord. There, there's a reality in you of his presence. This isn't just words that that there's no reality of it. When God makes Himself real, your your heart, soul, mind, spirit, inner man, that becomes real in you. 
It's not just you read it on the page of the book that Christ is in you and you walk around and quote, Christ is in me. There becomes a realness of the fact that He's in me. That He real, that His presence is really here. Yes. That it's not just words. Because so often... I, I, I watched a little bit of, of John McCain's funeral, just a little bit. And, and the part I watched, I guess it was Episcopalian or whatever denomination they were, I, I was so moved in my heart because of the lack of the presence, the reality of the Lord. They were talking about John being received to the Lord you know, sending him off, and I'm, I'm kind of like, man, if he hasn't been received to the Lord, he's not going to get received. He better have already, and I, I'm not trying to, you know, pick on John McCain, but any man better have already received the Lord and been received of the Lord. That's not, that's not, you, you know, that, that you, you know, I was watching the, the ritual of it, and I said, where's the realness of God? You know, they quoted, they quoted Scriptures, but they made everything some future time. And, and there was no realness. It was like, there, and maybe there was none. That moved me. Because, I, I, you, you, know, so, you know, people gathered to that. Lots of people. And, and I say in my heart, how do you gather to something that's not real? How do you gather to anything that's not real? If I'm going to gather, I have to have a heart that I gather to something real. How do I gather, you, you know, can religion can affect the mind that that we that and you see this you 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 know you can see it with with religions of the world that it can affect the mind it can alter the mind it can cause the mind to do things or to believe things but there's a real there's a realness of God that must be present that we gather to a realness of it. He desires truth in the inner part. So He gets truth in the inner part. And He gets that through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's where He gets it. And, and, and to, to just go over it, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. And I've read here the last three weeks, and I may read here three more weeks in a row. Because, man, this is important. It's important to your walk in the Lord. It's important to see this. And, and I said the last two weeks, I said, truthfully, we should read the whole chapter. But start at verse 15, and I ask you to go back and read the whole chapter. And I ask you to go to last week because I went through a lot of these things from other parts of the chapter. 
But Ephesians 1.15, Paul says, For this cause, I also, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus which is among you, having heard of your faith, and the love which you show toward the saints. And we've been talking about the faith this morning. So Paul had heard of the faith that's among them, and he'd heard of the love that they had toward the saints, to the elect, to those of God, those that belong to the Lord. He says, I cease not to give thanks of you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you, what? A spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Having the eyes of your heart enlightened. Okay, where's your heart at? You can't physically see your heart because it's hid. Even your physical heart is hid. But your heart, and we read this in Peter a few weeks ago, that the hidden man of the heart, Peter spoke of, of, of a woman doing reverence to her husband, and, and he went on into it and said, the hidden man of the heart, and he spoke of a, a what? Meek and quiet what? Spirit before God. So the hidden man of the heart, from what I can understand, is your spirit. And it's hid. So, so, God is, so Paul is praying here that God would give unto your spirit wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him that those eyes, the eyes of your inner man, would be enlightened to the knowledge of Christ. That you, what Jesus talked about when He said, you must be born again. Because your body doesn't get born again. Does it? No. So, the you, and, well, and that's what it says, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. So, so if I don't get enlightened to the knowledge of Him, does that mean I don't know the hope of His calling? Does that mean I could be a Christian? What what this to touch you? I want you to hear this. What Paul says may give you, the Father of glory may give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you might know what is the hope of His calling. So, so, do I know what He called me to? Do I know what God has called me to? Do I really know that? Has that been made real to me? Your heart be enlightened, your eyes open, that you might know the hope of His calling, 
what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us that believe. Do we understand the greatness of His power to us? Word to us? You ever got all that to us? Word that believe? According to the working of the strength of His might, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and made Him to sit at His right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. So does that mean, for example, the working of His power toward us? Listen to this. Is that His power toward us we would know the rule, the authority, the power, dominion of, the, of Him that's over every name that is named. I mean, we, we preach there for next year. Toward us. Now, see, this is all done in Him. Right? See, this this Jesus did. He triumphed victoriously over everything. He, he that knew no sin, what became sin, that we could be made, who could be made? We, oh, here's, here's us again, so we don't have no part of this, right? I think we have a big part of it. So we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ. He that do no sin, so he do no sin. And I, and I was thinking, I'm some, how, how am I going to get to some things the Lord was showing me this morning and He just brings me there because I'm thinking, I'm trying to figure out how to get there. Because I'm like, Lord, this is, like my Lord. So, so He was made sin that we would be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Those aren't just to be words. That's to be a reality. Tell me. That's to be a reality. And some people say, well, that'll never happen. Oh, yes, it will. Because the power of Him is beyond the power of every name that can be named, not only in this world, but also in that which, if Paul was right, in that which is to come. And I, and I believe he's talking of age there. But we'll leave that alone for now. Okay? So, so yes, it will, because the power of the Lord. We're not dealing with our own power, Darlene, to get there. If we're dealing with our own power, we're in a lot of trouble anyway. So I'm not dealing with my own power or my ability. I'm now in the ability of the Lord. See, that? that's what you have to understand. You're now in the ability of the Lord. So I move from my ability... 
to his ability. And he's got a lot of ability, trust me. Right? We all agree the Lord has a lot of ability, can't we? So before I move to Hebrews, let me share this one thing with you. What is the hope of His calling? What are we called unto? The fellowship, and look this up, and this will be for another service. But you are called to the fellowship of His dear Son. 1 Corinthians 1 and 9. So that's what you're called to. Thank you, Brother Stanley. And also in Hebrews, and we may read this in a minute, you're called to a heavenly call. Not an earthly. Now see, as soon as I say this, we our, our minds want to project that as a future event. But the heavenly calling is the Lord Himself because He's the Lord. Where's He from? He's the Lord from heaven. So Paul writes, as you've borne the image of the earthly, you shall also bear the image of the heavenly. See, the heavenly is dealing with Him. That's your heavenly calling is Him. This is the same thing, the fellowship of His Son and the heavenly calling it speaks of in Hebrews is still dealing with the Lord. It's just our minds have to grasp that. Glory to God. And God's given us, and thank God, He's given us a mind that we might know. Ain't that, ain't that something that God says He's given you a mind? Paul writes, He's given you the mind of Christ that you might what know how much? Oh! So you can go to the Father and say, Father, you've given me the mind of Christ that I might know soon. I believe that. I accept it, Lord. I receive it. So let me know. So because you've given me the mind that I might know, so let me know. Let me know the on high calling. Let me know the mysteries that were hidden from ages and generations. Let me know them because you've given me a mind to know them. Let me know them that I can walk them out in the earth, that I can share them, that I can give them, that I can teach them, that I can live in them. That the riches of God can be known in my home. Let me know them, Lord. Ah, what a prayer life. What if that was your prayer to the Lord? That you sat down before the Lord and you said, Lord, and I'm, I'll get back to my text, but, up, but I'm here for a moment. Darling, usually our prayer life is, I've got this ordeal, and there's nothing wrong, I pray for ordeals. But I've got this ordeal, so I'm not telling you that, but included in your ordeal. Because God cares about your ordeal. He cares about your situations. He cares about your needs. He cares about your requirements. He careth for you, the Bible says. So He cares for you. So now wrapped up in the whole thing that God, You care for me in addition to this earthly problem that I might have. You've given me the mind of Christ that I might know the things of the Lord. And so I come to You to know Oh, gracious Father, I don't think you keep them back. 
If you approach him that way, I really don't. Because they're there to receive. They're there to know. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Because He wants you to walk faith saying it again. I'm picking on faith this morning. I'm picking. I don't mean that in a picking way. But she sung the song this morning as what? He is. So are we where? In this, as who is? As He is. So if I don't know Him, how can I be as He is? If I don't know how He is, how can I be as He is? Have we ever thought about that? If I have to wait and die to go to heaven to know how He is, how in the world can I be like Him in this present world? How can John's writing even make any sense if that doctrine is true? But John wrote that, as he is, so are we in this present world. So there's an expect, there should be an expectation in your heart that as he is, so am I, that there's a, a revealing of the Lord that will make his presence known through me in this earth. That should be in your heart. the Lord would be real through you. See, see, I try to get my text, but but uh, I I have things coming into my heart, and we're gonna flip to Hebrews in a moment. I think about three or four, but we'll chapter three, and then we'll go into four. I remember, and and again, I'm, uh, this is phase morning because I'm pick on her again, and I don't mean I'm picking. I'm just a user again. I use the word pick sometimes, and I'm not really trying to pick. Um, I remember help, uh, moving her somewhere. I don't remember where she was moving, but the brother from Hazel River saying to me as I was sharing some light revelation the Lord had showed me then, something out of Ezekiel at the time. I may not remember exactly what it was, but I remember the brother saying, you are putting shields all over me. And I said, brother, that's the Lord. Because the Lord comes through His body. See, and somehow we think this is a big mystery. Well, the church, which is His body, how much of Him? The fullness of Him that fills on all. The problem is the church doesn't believe that. See, we talk about believing God, right? We talk about we have to believe God. But the church, the church, which is His body, not the church which is the building, but the church which is His body. And we quoted earlier, now you are, what? The body of Christ. So now you are, so now you are the church which is His body if you are the body of Christ. And it says the fullness of Him that fills all and all. So He's filling this church up with all He is. And that's what we can't get a hold of, that all He is is in His body. And then another scripture from time together, it says that in Him, in Christ, dwells the fullness of the Godhead. And how much of the God? How much of God? The fullness. How much, if you got the fullness of God, what part of God do you think is missing? None. 
So the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and so what, where's, where's the bodily at? The church. The church is His body. The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelleth in Him. And what's so powerful of this is Paul says, you are complete where at? In Him. So, so your completion, see we were talking about last week, the heart, I, I, I used the song from the Rolling Stones, and some people say, well, that's not very religious. Okay, sometimes I'm not really religious, so so be it. Throw a rock at me. Amen, I'm glad I'm not. Praise the Lord, Bob said. So, so, so Mick said in the Rolling Stones, I can't get no satisfaction. Problem is, he, and I said he's absolutely right, that's the reality of man. He can't get no satisfaction in man because your completion is in Christ. You are complete in Him. So Mick Jagger, if you ever hear me, where you need to find your satisfaction at is in Christ Jesus. I ain't kidding you. You, you. you know, I was thinking about that this week. That song, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Man is walking around here. You, you know, Mick writes that. Where do you think that come from? I was smart. I guess Mick wrote it. One of them wrote it. Forgive me if I misquoted that, but some, the man that wrote that, that was, a, you, you know, he, he's thinking, you know, some catchy lyric and all this stuff. But there's a reality that I can't get no satisfaction, man. Because he can't. Because I try to find it in drugs. I try to find it in money. You try to find it in good things and bad things. See, you can try to find it in philanthropy. You can become a philanthropist. I can talk about the bad things. I can go through the bad things and lay them out. And you can try to find it in the bad things, but you go over here in the good things and try to find the satisfaction, and you're still sitting there going, I can't get it. I, it's like Paul said, if I give my body to be burned but have not love, what's it profiting me? Because your completion is in Christ. You are complete in Him. And if I don't come to see where the completion of me is at, then I've not come to what the Lord is after. The Lord wants me to see where I'm complete. You want to get completed? What, Brother Stanley? Ephesians 1, so we'll see you with time's sake. But flip to Hebrews for a moment. 
Oh, I'm 40 minutes, so we're good. Flip to Hebrews 3. So, I'm sitting there in Hebrews 3, and I have some things jumping out at me, and I may mention some of them today, and some of them you may have to wait to look at them a little bit more, but I'm looking there going, my Lord. Wherefore, holy brethren, verse 1, partakers, let you get there, Hebrews 3, 1, partakers, if you're partakers of a heavenly calling, what does that mean? You're, you're partaking. It's going on right now. It's not future. Partakers of a heavenly calling, consider the apostle high priest of our confession, even Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also was Moses in all his house, for he hath been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, by so much as he that built the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he that built all things is God. And Moses, in, Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were afterward to be spoken. But Christ as a son, see there's the after. That's what Moses was a testimony to, what was going to be spoken afterward. And here's the afterward. Here it is. Christ as a son over his house, whose house are we? This is after. If we hold fast our boldness and glorying of our hope firm unto the end. Now, now a lot of people say this means that till, if we hold on to the end of time or to the till we die or the end of day. What this is dealing with is a goal. This is dealing with a goal that we hold on till we reach the goal. And Paul tells us in another place what that goal is, that I might win Christ. That's the goal. That I might win Him. That I might know Him. So wherefore, even as the Holy Spirit said, Today, if you shall hear His voice, harden not what? Your heart. As in the provocation, like as in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tried me by proving me and saw my works forty years, Wherefore I was displeased with this generation and said they do always err. Again, we're at in the heart. But they did not know my ways, as I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Read this. They shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren. Now Paul's writing to the church. And some people say, well, that was just to them there that day because of the calamity that was coming up on them. And there was some truth to that. So I'm not going to fully take away from that. But I want you to hear this. Take heed, brethren, lest happily there... Happily, not happily, but happily, or chance there shall be in any one of you an evil heart of what? Unbelief. In falling away from the living God, but exhort one another day by day, so long as it's called today, lest any one of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, for we are become partakers of Christ, if we hold fast the beginning of our confidence unto the end. Now turn to Hebrews 4.1. Hebrews 4.1. Let us... Fear, therefore, lest happily a promise being left of entering into his rest. 
What's he talking about? His rest. Any one of you should seem to have come short of it. For indeed we have had good tidings preached unto us even as also they, but the word of hearing did not profit them because it was not united or mixed with faith. King James says, united by faith with them that heard, for we who have believed do enter into that rest. Even as he hath said, as I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he hath he said somewhere of the seventh day on this wise, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works, and in this place again, they shall not enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remains that some should enter thereinto, and they to whom the good tidings were before preached failed to enter in because of disobedience. He again defined a certain day, a certain day today, saying a day that so long as time afterward, even as hath been said before, today if you shall hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken afterwards of another day. There remaineth therefore a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for he that is entered into his rest, gets this right here, he that is entered into his rest hath himself also rested from his works, as God did from his. Now, let me try to explain this. Okay. Jesus comes on the scene and he comes in one place and he says all ye that are laden and that heavy laden you ever read that? take my yoke upon you and do what? learn of me for my yoke is easy and my burden light and you shall find what? you shall do find what? Rest for your soul. So, what's his work? We enter into his work. See, see what Paul's writing in Ephesians one fifteen or Ephesians one is really the same thing. He's Paul's praying in Ephesians one that you see his work, what Christ did by the cross. See, when Jesus hung up on the cross, he said a very powerful statement. It is what. He finished. He said, I have finished the work. He says, I live in John 17. I have finished what? The work that thou gave me to do. And so he raised from the dead, and the Bible says, Set down. What do you think that signified? Set down. Rest. He sat down in rest of His finished work of the cross. And that's what you have to strive to enter into is His work of the cross. And that's what Paul is praying for in Ephesians 1, that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened in the knowledge of Him. That... Through his death, you die. That this becomes real. Through his burial, you're buried. And 
your new resurrection, you're made alive. That you enter into his work. Not in your own works. See, that's what Adam, if we can hear it back in the garden, God created the earth. My Lord, Bob, I wanted to shout. God created the earth and He takes Adam. He makes a man. And He puts him over His works. He didn't put Adam over Adam's works. Adam didn't make the earth. Adam didn't make the animals. He puts him over His works. So here comes Jesus as the Son of Man. And He says, I have finished the work. Thou gave this reason to do. And he went to the cross and he hung on the cross and he said, It is finished. So now we enter into his rest, which means we cease from our own labors and we enter into his labor. before we enter into His labor. That's what Paul was praying, that the eyes of your heart be enlightened of what He's done, of His, of His work toward us who, who do what? Who believe. See, so I think what, what, if we get anything backwards, we think believing is kind of a one-time event. See, we are continually believing the Lord. As the Lord is showing us His Word, there's a continual believing the Lord. Continually. Because we're in His work. We are His workmanship, the Bible says. We're His work. Created of God in Christ Jesus. A new creation, great of God in Christ Jesus. We're His workmanship. So, so we're laborers, Paul says, together with the Lord. Because what Paul is working in is the Lord's vineyard. That's what Paul brings out. I'm not going to put all that through that. But Paul brings that out that we're laboring in the work of the Lord. We're not laboring in Paul's work. We're not laboring in Silas's work. We're laboring in the Lord's work. His work. His finished work. So what we're feeding people is His finished work. That's what we come even with basic salvation faith. We teach them that Christ died for the ungodly. And whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we, so in the basics of them, we enter into His work. To get saved, I don't enter into anything I do. I receive what He's done. See, see, I come and receive Him. That's how I get saved. That's how I come to the Lord I receive His work. 
I received Jesus died for me. I received that. That He bore my shame. That He bore my iniquity. I go through all the Scriptures on that, and that's what I received. I received His work. It's like getting healed of the Lord. I can't heal myself. I receive what He's done. That by His stripes, we were healed. I'm receiving His work. See, that's, that's what we do by faith. We receive what He's done. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not, not seen. When we get into the, the chapter of faith in your Bible, in the Old Testament, they were walking in a faith that, that didn't have the substance, so to speak. Now you have the the difference is you have the substance because now your faith is in what Jesus Christ did. You you get this? You're you're not walking in something that doesn't have substance. You're walking in what He did. What He did was. He took you in His death. And what I have to do is believe that. And then He has to enlighten me to the understanding of that. And I'll be honest with you, Dave, I fully don't understand. I fully still don't understand that. And I'll be telling you a story if I told you did. But I'm telling you the truth. But I believe Him to, that He will fully enlighten me to it. I grasp that by faith, believing God will fully enlighten me to the understanding that when He died, I died with Him. When I when He was buried, I was buried with Him. When He raised, I raised with Him. I believe the Lord to do that, see, because the substance of it is Him. I've entered into His work. And I can rest from my labors, and now I want to understand His labor. I want to see in my heart His labor. I want to get a hold of what You've done, Lord. My God, that's what I want. You know, I read I read scriptures like that: the fullness of God in Christ. And I and I and I want to say, Lord, bring it on. I want to see it. I don't mean that unreverent. I want to see it. I want the reality of it. I want to fellowship it in a people. Waverly, I want to fellowship it with it. You. That's why I say I don't want just a, a meeting that has no reality. But I want a gathering of reality, a gathering of substance. That from you, Brother Wayne, that out of you you go back and bring more substance of Him. Because you share what God has shown you with a family member, with a friend, with a neighbor, a co-worker, whatever it be. And that substance begins to grow and take shape. And so there will be a greater fellowship of the on the earth. Oh, 
what it says, right? Well, we've read this Scripture for a couple of weeks. Let me see the time. Go back to, we've read this for a couple of weeks. Uh, John 1. I started at 49 before I went from 43 down, but this morning, like I said, you can take the CDs and go backwards and listen to them. John 1, 49. It says, Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. So Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee underneath the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. Man, let us see them, Lord. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto, unto you, you shall see the heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Now, now consider this with me. Just consider this with me. I want you to hear this. Not the angels descending and ascending. It's backwards. But the angels ascending and descending. Jesus said in one place, and you don't understand the resurrection. He said, but you will be as what? The angels. Or the messenger. Folks, I wholeheartedly, I may not fully understand this, but I wholeheartedly believe this applies to you. That what he was saying is hereafter, you're going to see the heavens open and you're going to see your ascension upon me, Son of Man. That you're going to go just like Paul writes in, in what is it in Ephesians. You are seeing with him where at? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How are you going to get in the heavenly places? All the Son of Man. Because He's heavenly. So how am I going to ascend and be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, but I ascend upon the Son of Man? Because He says, No man hath come down from heaven, but he that is in heaven... Even, or even the Son of Man which is in heaven. So my ascension into the heavenly realm is in Him. So I know the heavenlies by Him. Glory to the Lamb of God. You born the earthy. You bore Adam. You were created... David, or David wrote, in, in sin and iniquity you were conceived. And Paul writes, you shall perish. Ah, God, what, what shall you bear? The image of the heavenly. You'll bear what Christ Jesus is. You, as He is, so are we in this present world. My God, how? By the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God taken, like Jesus said, He shall take of mine. He shall take, in other words, He shall take me. And He's going to show you me. 
and you're going to send in Him. That's what the church needs to do is get a little ascension. Get called up. <laughs> Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. Glory, 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 glory upon the Son of Man. I said this a few weeks ago being funny. He, you, you know, if you take this literal, he's a really tall man. Right? That's being funny. I didn't hear no laughs. Now I get a smile. But he's a really, he would be a really tall man if in our literal mind this is what this meant. We're, that, that, that angels are going to go up and down on him. Because in our minds, heaven's somewhere way off, beyond the Milky Way. Some of our minds. So if the angels ascend and descend upon the Son of Man, Paul, you'd be a rough old man. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, so they ascend as in Him. And they descend. In other words, it's the same way Jesus said, you shall go in and out and find pasture. You ever read that? You shall go in and out. Why do you come out? To give what you found. To share what you've seen. To distribute it. That's why Paul said it's more needful that I stay. Because I'm going to give you what I've received. I, I, I probably don't have more grasp of this thing in the imagination. So I'm not saying I do. But I'm saying there, there's a reality of, of, of the heavenly life at hand. That's what's real to you, sir. The heavenly life. Beyond high call, a heavenly life. Not just a flesh being on their way to heaven, but a heavenly life, having invading the earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How is it in heaven? He rules. Who rules the heavens? Jesus. Who said all powers given to me in heaven and in earth? And Jesus said, Pray this way. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In earth, even as it is in heaven. See, see folks, and where's that reality going to come from but His church? The church that is His body, the fullness of Him that fills all in all. The manifold wisdom of God being made known, Paul writes, by the church. Glory to God! Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I'm not telling you there's not angels. I'm not telling you none of that. So nobody go out and say Brother Wayne believes all kinds of nonsense. But I'm 
But I'm telling you, you, when you were born of spirit, you became a heavenly being. That's a heavenly birth. God is heavenly. I said this, I'm going to say it again, and I'm stopping. What's greater, heaven or God? God will be greater than heaven, right? So if God's in me, why, why, why isn't our cry that I might know God that's in me? I think that was Paul's cry, that I might know Him and the power of His resurrection. That was his cry, folks. That should be the cry to the church. And, and Brother Dave, I'm done. Like I said, if you would, if you would, take 